Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my friend Will. Hello. And the professor himself, Smoke. Thrilled to be <laughs> Over-thrilled. <laughs> Thriller. All right, so I know at the end of our last show, we made a, pro- a, big, a big promise for this episode uh, that was going to be a Valentine's episode where we were going to watch My Bloody Valentine, and our wives were going to come on. Well, as always, uh, life gets in the way. We had vacations and anniversaries and and uh, sleepiness and uh, all kinds of other random things get in the way. Boy, what kind of punk-ass bitch got <laughs> sleepy? I wouldn't begin to know. <laughs> it's probably the punk-ass bitch that has to get up at 3 o'clock in the damn morning. Well, you know, you make your own bed. But... Um, so yeah, we weren't able. We, we just never were able to find the time, and then it got so far past Valentine's Day, day that we were like, you know what? Just, we're just got to table that whole concept for another episode. And uh, instead of doing uh, My Bloody Valentine, we decided instead to go ahead and finish up the Firefly trilogy and watch Three from Hell, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell, which uh, just came out like back in uh, September of 2019, so it's still fairly new, and, and I'm sure because it didn't really get a wide release, it did not get a wide release, I should say, in, in movie theaters, that uh, there's probably still a lot of people out there that haven't watched it, so maybe this will, you know, they'll see this episode, and maybe that'll spur them to go check it out, because I, I think it's definitely worth checking out. If nothing else, if you enjoyed the first two, just to kind of complete the trilogy, so to speak, you should go check it out. Oh, God. Oh, uh, what? Guys, I'm, I'm sorry, I watched the 310 to Yuma. Oh, shit. Fuck. I thought it was weird we were doing a Western, but I was like, all right, we'll go. I'll go along with it. <laughs> well, I know I we did like, kind of, we kind of broke the mold. Let's just work on it. <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> I know we did kind of break the mold of the last episode, Never Too Young to Die. You know, we kind of got out. We didn't go that far out, so. <laughs> That's right. Next, next we'll be doing Hot to Trot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm in on that one, by the way. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I guess if y'all were going to do it, I'll do it, but damn it. <laughs> Omaha Oats, indeed. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I haven't thought of that movie in 25 years. <laughs> I still have I still have the I don't even think we upgraded it. I know I still have the VHS floating around. I don't think why, I upgraded Why the, the hell DVD. would you upgrade to DVD? You don't <laughs> it's not necessary. Um so yeah, anyways, we're we're here to we're here to talk about, you know, and uh review three from hell. So hopefully uh we'll get to uh maybe our concept for Valentine's we'll 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 get to that next year or who knows? Maybe we might, you know, we may be able to try it for uh, another, a different holiday between now and then. So we'll just see how things go. I don't want to make any more big promises with that because this was hard enough just uh, getting this one recorded and getting it put out. So I guess as always, if you want to uh, contact us, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail dot com. You can find us on Twitter at aa spook show. Um, you can look us up on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching All American Spook Show. We're there. Um, we also have a, a, a T-shirt or a, a shop over at tpublic.com where you can buy like the logoed merchandise, you know, mugs and pillows and T-shirts and tank tops and hoodies and all, all kinds of other random stuff that they slap stuff on. So we have some logo stuff up there, and, and I've got a couple ideas for some other T-shirts pretty soon. So if you guys want to go uh, check that out over at T-Public, you can just you know find us All American Spook Show. You should be able to find us there and, and as always we put all these links down in the show notes you know this episode so if you want to check them out it's all down there will have you been doing anything lately watching anything doing anything interesting over the last little while no <laughs> okay lurch <laughs> <laughs> no and i've actually had a little uh, little time to be able to like knock some shows out so uh watch midsummer oh cool uh joker uh, my wife wanted to watch Maleficent, so I think I watched about two thirds of that. That new one? Yeah. Uh-huh. I haven't seen that. Uh, what's that wrestling movie? Is it Fighting with the Family? Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. The one about. Yeah, I watched uh, that. Uh, the uh, page, the wrestler page. Yeah. 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 What is it? A Wonderful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mister Rogers movie. Yeah, I saw that one. That that was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Seven uh, now again, it's on the list. Uh, it's all it, both that, seasons. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Before you go on, that movie's kind of weird in that, like, it's not necessarily about. It's about Mr. Rogers, but it's not necessarily starring. You know, it's not like his biography. You know, it's it, that's it, right. Because wasn't he like just basically a supporting actor, right? Tom Hanks. And yeah, Mr. yeah. Rogers like, almost like a supporting actor. It's really a, a story about this other guy and his family that mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers is kind of helping out. So it's 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 odd in that way. Like you're thinking you're going to see like the mm-hmm. you know the biography of. Or like a biopic, you Very know, but it's not it's not yeah. that way. But it's still really good. It's well done. Uh, I watched both seasons of Lost in Space on Netflix. Is that pretty good? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how it is with Netflix. You start watching something. Oh, that was a that was a cliffhanger. I guess I watched the next one. Yeah, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and twenty episodes later, I'm all caught up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I just finished uh, the book of The Shining. Do you enjoy it? You'd read it before, though? No, I'd never read it before. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, no, it was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I told you now you need to go watch the movie again, so you, now that you can have a, an, a different appreciation for it. <laughs> and right as you say it, I looked to my left, and there it is. <laughs> Smoke, what about you? What you been up to lately? Uh, oh, well, well, speaking of carrying on from The Shining, in the book of The Shining, by the way, I don't remember how many years ago back it was, but 
had a cool find at a thrift store, and I came across the first edition of hardcover of The Shining, which I don't know how much that thing is worth. It's probably a pretty decent amount, I think. I think I only ever had the paperback before that. I'd read the paperback back in, um, sometime back in the late 80s, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that was a cool find. But uh, as far as what I've been doing recently, uh, we got back from vacation. We went to Orlando, Universal Studios. And uh, anybody out there listening that's never been to Universal Studios, definitely recommend it. I don't know. I, whether I mean I've been to the one in LA, but that was back in '92, so I can only really speak for the one in uh, Orlando. But uh, as far as you know, related to horror, they uh, one of my favorite places there is the the classic Monsters Cafe. The food is whatever; it's all right, but the ambience in that place is just awesome. Like all the you know original posters on the walls. Uh, there's like individual eating sections. Like you got basically like Dracula's Castle. You got like the crypt, I guess, which is kind of like a you know Frankenstein's crypt or whatever. Also, uh, the swamp where you know creature from the Black Lagoon. That's his, you know, all the posters and stuff for him right there. Mm-hmm. And there's like a sci-fi section too. Uh, also, the horror makeup show. That thing has been there, I think, since the park opened. Probably one of the oldest attractions there is in there. And I think that's fun. Still, still a good time. We we see that probably twice every time we go. So, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really change, <laughs> yeah. but still, still worth seeing. Other than that, I hadn't really been able to watch too much other stuff because when we came back from there, I went straight back to work. Watching stuff and kind of behind on, but. Pick that back up here on my uh, next set of days off. Yeah, I've been to Disney World down in Orlando at least, uh, I'm pretty sure four times, you know, four separate times, but still have never mm-hmm. made it to Universal. We were going to go last year, oh. like, it was going to be one of those, like, let's go to Universal for a couple of days and then Disney for a couple of days kind of trips, but, like, <laughs> it, yeah. it, just, it was just too much. It was, like, it was too much money and too much planning, you know, in the time we had. So we had, one had to go, and then, uh, you know, we, we just ended up going to Disney World, but... Yeah, I definitely want to go check it out one of these days. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely worth it. And, I, and speaking of more horror and universal news, I'd uh, heard not too long ago, I saw our uh, YouTube promotional thing on it, I guess. They're actually building a whole third part of Universal. Because Universal, you got regular Universal Studios, and you got Islands of Adventure. Mm-hmm. And now they got a third one. I can't remember what the heck the name of that well, third got, one's going to be. They've got, like the Harry Potter, like they've got like the Harry Potter thing that kind of goes in between, right? Yeah, yeah, they actually got Harry Potter in both of those parks. Well, got like yeah. Hogwarts Castle and some parts of of like Hogsmeade area of Harry Potter in the Islands of Adventure, and then over on I think the regular Universal Studios, you got uh, Diagon Alley, you know, which mm-hmm. is the it's kind of like in the movie, you know, it's that hidden sort of alley they go to to get their yeah, like the books world. and wands. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's kind of like that in Universal. You kind of you know you you if you don't know it's there, you don't you know. I mean, of course, there's a map that tells you where the things are, but you go around a corner, cut this way, cut that way, and then you're in Diagon Alley. So uh-huh. that's pretty cool. Now, I was told from somebody that had went there, like, you've got to buy two separate park tickets to go to the full Harry Potter thing. Is that right? Well, or, yeah, or a park hopper. Yeah. That's what we did. We we got, like, a four-day park hopper. We didn't do Disney this time. We Sometimes we'll do, you know, like, one Disney park and then do Universal or vice versa, two Disney parks or three, whatever, park hopper for Disney and then, you know, one day at Universal. This time we just did all both of those universal parks and we did like a four day park hopper, which was probably the way to go. If you're going to, I mean, it saves you a little bit more money than just buying individual tickets, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, you would, if you, if you were just going for one day or two days, you would have to buy tickets for both parks or a park. hopper. So they're getting real slick. They basically make you either buy yeah. one, uh, one or the other or both. If you want to go see everything. So. <laughs> True. They're yeah. smart. They're smart about how they put it in, I guess. And there's a few rides that were new to us. Cause we go, you know, fairly, I mean, not really often, but I mean, the last time we were in Universal was about three years ago. 
and there was like King Kong. Uh, there's a new King Kong ride there, and that was cool. Some of the one of the Harry Potter rides is new. It was the Hagrid's motorbike roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. and that was cool too. Long ass line for that though. Is that fairly new? Is that why? I mean, yeah, I, that I, one was. I think it's been less than a year or yeah. around a year. Something that, like that. I just know how it works at Disney. If it's something like relatively new in the last couple of years, like you know, that one's going to be packed. Oh. You can usually get into a lot of other stuff, but that particular one's going to be packed. Yeah. And then this one was like down for the first day we were there. I think it was open, but it had such a, you know, you can got an app now. You can go on the app and see how long the wait times yeah. are for certain rides. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty long. So it was, oh, maybe we'll just wait till tomorrow. Well, the next day it was closed the whole day for maintenance and then closed the whole next day for maintenance. Oh. So. Finally, the last day, I think it was open, and we ended, we still ended up waiting a long time because it was down part of that time, too. We were in line, mm-hmm. and the line was kind of moving. Then it's like, oh, well, it's a delay. You know, we don't know how long the delay is going to be. You can either stay in line or, you know, get out. So we stayed in line, and it, I think it was another, I don't know, we might have been in line three hours <laughs> probably between the delays and just the, how long the line was. So, but, you but, did, it, but you did get overall, on it. it was worth it, I think. We did get to ride it. That yeah, time. yeah, that's good. Uh, I did open up. And it was worth it. It was it was a good ride. I mean, I wouldn't wait that long, you know, all the time for it or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have waited again if it was another, you know, two or three hour wait. I mean, it was it was an awesome ride, but get in there the best as you can if you can get in there with like single rider line or something. Well, I haven't been you able know, myself. I haven't uh, been done anything as exciting as a Universal vacation or anything, but <laughs> I did get to watch some TV. I've just been catching up on some shows. Like uh, I, I watched like the last season of. Uh, or I caught up on the uh, the last season of Better Call Saul because you know the the new season just came out. Finally caught up on Fear the Walking Dead, and uh, currently catching up on the current season of The Walking Dead. I'm about halfway through like the first part of the season, so about five or six episodes in. Just some other random shows here and there. You know, it's just some stuff on Netflix and. Um, haven't been to the movies lately, but so I'm getting way behind on uh, on that. So I guess uh, with that, we'll go ahead and uh, get into uh, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell here. Um, this is the first time, well, no, this isn't the first time I've seen it. I actually saw it in the little limited run it had in the theaters, but this is the first time you guys got to see it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I guess, you know, before we get into that uh, here, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Three from Hell. For the fugitives known as the Devil's Rejects resulted in a violent clash with police. Chances for survival are less than a million to one. There's no justice in this world. I am justice. They're trying to blame us, but we didn't do it. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. Free the three. <laughs> Now we can have a real dead of dead. <laughs> hey, last word. Damn, I still want a party. I'm just a clown dancing to the sins of mankind. They're just going to This is my death factory. You are the product. I love it. Like that. Hello, America. Did you miss me? 
and that was the trailer for Rob Zombie's Three from Hell, the uh, possible finale of the Firefly trilogy from House of a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, and now this. Um, I, I say that because I think I just recently read something where he's uh, he said that this, uh, I guess he's not putting a definitive, like, this is it on it, but it sounds like this is probably it. But, you know, and we, we can get into that once we uh, talk about the movie and uh, get to the end of it there about how we feel like things may or may not go. But, uh, so this being the first time you guys saw it, uh, Will, what did you think, what were your initial reactions of it? Uh, well, considering that you knew what was going on with Sid Haig, I was actually pretty, pretty happy with the way it turned out. I actually enjoyed the movie. I think it was probably... Like, as far as technically, probably Zombie's best movie so far. Smoke, what'd you think? Uh, actually, I'm, I pretty much 100% agree with uh, what Will was saying as far as, you know, knowing the history of the movie going into it about Sid Haig's role was going to more than likely be diminished, of course, because, of, you know, how much based on, you know, before, he, you know, his health conditions beforehand and all that. I know we'll get into certain parts of that aspect of it. But knowing that that was going to be a diminished role in the movie. I kind of went into not expecting a whole lot out of it because I, th- I was figuring it was going to kind of like be half a movie, I guess. Uh, and then being very pleasantly surprised by the uh, finished product. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed it more, a lot more than I expected I would going in. I think my uh, expectations were probably about the same, but like I was still holding out hope that he'd have a slightly bigger role. Cause I knew he was going to be in it. Yeah. I knew it wouldn't be a huge role, yeah. but I think I was kind of hoping it'd be a bigger role than that. But I, but they they explained it in a way where I understood, and then you you kind of move on, you know. That being yeah. said, my initial reactions were kind of like I, I guess I was a little bit just disappointed that he couldn't do more. Not not to take away mm-hmm. from what anyone else did and how he fig, you know, and how he moved on from that. I just think that it was missing him. You know, I, yeah, and I think yeah, especially, I I, and I'm pretty sure like right around the time that this came out was when we watched. Uh, we had, I know we had watched House of a Thousand Corpses a couple, a few months before mm-hmm. that, but I think we had just watched The Devil's Rejects within like a month or so before I went and saw this. So I was really missing him in it. You know, like as I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, this is this is good. This is really good, and I enjoyed it. But damn, I wish he was in it more. You yeah. Know, it was just, it was the, <laughs> yeah. It was just like this little thing in the back of my head. I just couldn't let it go, you know? <laughs> yeah. So to where, you know, it, I, I love the movie, but yeah, you, you can think it'll be more if, like, what if Sid Haig was in this role, you know, the yeah. third, the three from hell, the third, yep. you know, as it should be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because I had that, I had that in my mind, too, throughout the movie. And, but lo and behold, at least it did, you know, pick up for me. Like, it, mm-hmm. I didn't hate the movie by any means. And no, I, no, I didn't hate really it. I really enjoyed it more I than I thought I would. It. Yeah, I didn't hate it, and I didn't hate it because he wasn't in it that much. It's just, I yeah. just wish he could have been in it more. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it is what it is, you know. All right, so, three from hell. It was released... September 16th, 2019, in uh, a limited run. It was literally like three days. So I think it was like September 16th, 17th, 18th. And each day you went and saw it, they had like different perks. Because it was one of those Fathom events kind of thing. It wasn't like a wide release. So you had to go to like... Yeah, I remember when that happened. And I, kept, I just couldn't get any of those three days, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you had to go to like to a Regal or Cinemark or wherever they do these Fathom events. Mm-hmm. And they had different giveaways. Because I think like the first day if you went, you got like a a poster and then if you went and saw it the second day you got like a behind the scenes little featurette an interview like Q&A thing with Robin Zombie Robin Zombie Rob Zombie <laughs> <laughs> That's his other band Robin Zombie Robin Zombie yeah and, like, aka Robin Zombie yeah. his Robin is short for Robin Zombie I think It's a, it's a white zombie cover band yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with him in it go figure <laughs> 
And then, or like, maybe it's just a ripoff white zombie band, you know, Robin Zombie. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyways, go. <laughs> and then, like the third day, um, you got a you got a two for one double bill of the Devil's Rejects and this movie. Then apparently, this did so well that three days they decided to re-release it again for like a one day Fathom event release the day before it came out on Blu-ray. So it came out on Blu-ray October fifteenth, twenty nineteen. So it was about a month after. So I, I think it was October 14th. They did one more day at these Fathom events. And that's where I got to go see it with uh, my brother. And uh, not only did we get the print that, you know, they gave away the first time around, but we also got to hang around at the end and got to see, like, this 30-minute behind-the-scenes Q&A thing. So we kind of got the best of both, you know, other than getting to see the Devil's Rejects. We got we got kind of the whole deal just going to see it that day. But yeah, then the next day, October 15th, 2019, it came out on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Came out October 15th, 2019, and it was distributed by Lionsgate, made by Saban Films or Saban... I'm not sure how you say it. Is it Saban Films or Saban Films? One or the other. I think it's Saban, right? And so, yeah. And uh, which I believe is uh, Rob Zombie's uh, production company, Spook Show International Films. And like I said, it was distributed by Lionsgate. Um, the total runtime of this movie is one hour and 55 minutes, um, which I think it is a really fast one hour, and 55 minutes. It, it definitely yeah, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even look at the runtime on the back, but if you were to tell me afterwards how long the movie, or if they asked me, Hey, how long was the movie? I, I would have thought it, it moved along really fast. I didn't even feel like it would have been two hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely did a good job on the pacing of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really almost like two different movies really in a way. Like, you know, you got the first part with. All the stuff that's going on with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, them getting out and, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then the second part is uh, uh, them in Mexico, you know. So it's like it's almost like two different yeah. movies, really. I guess with that, I should say, if you've listened this far and you, and you haven't listened to us before, we are a spoiler podcast. Uh, we're about to get into the movie, you know, and, and just spoil it all over. So if you haven't watched this yet and you've listened this far, go ahead and pause it. Uh, go watch the movie and come back and and listen to the rest. This was, of course, and of course, it's rated R, apparently. Now, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, the, I, I don't know if there's different cuts. Now, you know, because I've read some places that, like, you know, that, that small run was an unrated cut, but then I think on the Blu-ray, it says rated R. So, I'm not sure if there's well different cuts. My Blu-ray or... has both. Or, according to the cover, it says the unrated, R-rated and the unrated versions on the Blu-ray. Okay. Now, well, it can't, it was a DVD Blu-ray set, so maybe the DVD was the R-rated one. I know we watched the Blu-ray, which was supposedly unrated. I couldn't tell that I, I wouldn't know the difference because I never did get to see the uh, theatrical version. Yeah, that, that's what and I mean. I haven't like, watched the other DVD version either. But. I saw it in the theater, and then I watched it again on. Uh, uh, I didn't actually plug in the Blu-ray. I've got it, but I didn't watch it on the Blu-ray. I watched the digital copy that I had. Um, oh, okay. So I don't. I didn't notice any enormous differences, to be honest with you, or at least not that I recall. Although that was you know, a handful of months ago. So there might be a few little things here and there that were different. And I just don't remember, but yeah, I, I don't remember anything. Told about... something down. I don't know, but these days, you know, how an R, R rating is a lot harder than it used to be. Even back when the devil's rejects yeah. came out yeah, and get away with a little bit more stuff. So if it was toned down, it probably wasn't a whole lot. It was cut out. So maybe one day we can uh, maybe try to figure out something, you know, or try to comp- make some comparison and maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. it again one day, you know, here soon, you know, if we can ever figure out what the differences are. Yeah. Must have got to be very subtle, I would imagine. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's anything major. I don't know if it makes the movie any uh, longer either. You would imagine it probably would by a few minutes, you know, at least, you know, an unrated cut. I don't know. These yeah. things, you know, they're kind of 
with a movie like this, it's also weird when something only comes out limited like that because it's almost like a different set of rules, you know, like because yep. it was only out for a few days and then uh, a month later it comes out on Blu-ray. So, you know, <laughs> it's hard to see what the different cuts are and I don't know, it's just a different set of circumstances for that yeah. type of movie. And I don't really understand why they did it that way because um, um, budget-wise, all right, so the the movie had a budget of $3 million from best I can tell, right? And it almost made that completely back in those three days that it ran limited. <laughs> it, it made like two point something, I believe. Yeah, that that just that week it made uh one point eight, <laughs> and one point eight million. Yeah, and then like they made a little bit more money on it when it came back out right before the Blu-ray release. So I, they ended up making like best I can tell here about two two point two worldwide. They didn't quite make their budget back, but it, it only played literally like what four or five days. Yeah, yeah. In a theater, yeah, you can't so. really hardly judge that. <laughs> yeah, as far yeah. As, so like, you know, an actual full-on theatrical releasing. Yeah. So my point is, like, if I don't understand why they didn't, what the reasoning was behind not having a full, full theatrical release. release. I, I, I don't know exactly why they wanted to do it that way because it seems like yeah, I don't know. It was highly. Anticipated. I know it would have made more money. You know, it, it would definitely would have made it. It's you know budget back for sure. Yeah, it only played. More. It only played like accumulatively four days, and it almost did. So yeah, and that's only in so many theaters. Like it's probably less than a thousand theaters it played in. So I mean, you put it you put it as a wide release, you know, at the right time of year, which would have mm-hmm. been about this time of year, right around somewhere around October, and as uh, highly anticipated as it was. Oh yeah, yeah, it's already got a built-in audience. Yeah, and it's gonna make. I ain't a saying lot back. just in that built-in audience is going to make that budget back. Yeah, I ain't <laughs> saying it would have made like the the kind of money it made, you know, or uh, no, or no. any of the Conjuring movies or something like that, because those are just on a different playing field right now. But yeah, uh, it would have made probably it. not even the amount that the Halloween remake, even the yeah, zombies no, Halloween remake, not, might, might not even made that back, but still it would have made plenty more in the, if it had a full run. Maybe he just wanted to keep it, keep that cult feeling about it, you know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. You know, like if it's a wide release kind of thing, maybe it has a sellout vibe to it. Who knows? I, I have no idea what the the mindset was there, but it seems like there, there was a lot. They left a lot of money on the table, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, if that's you know, if it's all for the love of the game, then I guess he achieved that. <laughs> um, but it seems like a couple of these, like you know, like I guess well-known directors that you know have like cult films, him, Kevin Smith. Uh, they're starting to do this. Yeah. It, it's I, I don't know if they're just experimenting you know with, with their uh their own property or what but well, bottom line it's always got to come down to money so maybe these production companies are giving them a lot of money to do <laughs> these, these streaming services too and whatnot that, well yeah that too. i mean you know sad, think... kind of sad to say that the theatrical run like it is not what it used to be true you know think movies come out before how they come out sometimes at the same time as they go into theaters on streaming service and all this. i just remember when it used to be movie comes out in theaters you're probably not going to see it on, I mean, before streaming, you're not going to see it on home video for another hell of six months, seven, eight, nine, sometimes a year. Yeah, you know. But the, I think theatrical runs used to be used to hold more cre- you know credence, I guess, than they do now, unfortunately. And I guess they make a ton on these streaming services, like you know, like you said. Yeah. So I mean, they're maybe they're yeah. maybe there's just as much, if not more, money for them to be made on, on that side of things. So they keep mm-hmm. it limited on the theatrical side, and then just you know. Like even like a movie that like uh, the Irishman, the Martin Scorsese man. Uh, granted, that was a movie that like Netflix bankrolled. I, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, yeah. But they did. Oh, and there, uh, there's a whole another thing uh, too that kind of goes along with that. This year in the Oscars, there was so many more movies that were not even theatrical runs. 
yep. that were in. Well, in, I think you know, now I think there is. That's what I was getting to. I think there is certain criteria about like to be nominated for an Oscar, it has to be released. So like, oh, yeah. even though that was a Netflix movie, it did get released in theaters for like a couple weeks. For sure. Yeah, for which a short might time. be just so they could get an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, because that, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like you know, yeah, yeah, Netflix wanted it, but and I think it came out. I'm not sure if it, if it played in the theaters right before it came out on Netflix. Regardless, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it had to play yeah, in the so theater huh? just so it could uh, be nominated. But then there's that. It's it's such a weird. I mean, obviously this movie ain't gonna get nominated. For anything past, you know, some fan yeah. some fan awards or something, it's not it's yeah. not getting any uh, Golden Globe or uh, Oscar consideration. But um, I don't or like uh, Willie just said with the Kevin Smith, like that latest Jay and Bob, what was it called, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot or something? Yeah, um, that one was basically the same deal. Like it might have had some short. I think it has some short Fathom Events run and then straight to Blu-ray. It just seems that there's money to be made in the theaters. Why not? Why not do both? Right? That's I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I, they, they don't do these things to lose money, so there's got to be something to it that we don't see, right? <laughs> um, and of course, this movie was written, produced, and directed by Rob Zombie. I mean, this is this is his baby, and it's the third film of, of what they're now calling the Firefly trilogy. It was filmed entirely in Los Angeles, uh, between somewhere between like mid March to like mid to late April of 2018, and uh, a, a good portion of the movie, uh, you know, like the uh, the prison stuff where you know babies in prison. I guess, I guess all the prison stuff, right? It was actually shot in a place called the Sybil Brand Institute, which is a decommissioned women's prison. So that's kind of cool. It's like, in, you know, they didn't have to build that. Like, it's an actual old, like, women's prison. It's not just a set. Um, now, the post-production for this movie, and I think this had a lot to do with why this movie kind of got shot and then laid around for a minute. The post-production of this movie didn't get started until five months later after they shot it because Rob Zombie had a summer tour in 2018 with Marilyn Manson. So they basically just put this thing on the shelf for like five months before they ca- <laughs> before they pulled it back out and actually started like you know post production on it. And then and then it you know took a little took a little while because I think they actually said it was actually done pretty much done a year later. But then I guess they waited until September. So I guess there's some that that time frame between April and September to kind of figure out what they wanted to do with it before they decided on how they released it, right? Mm-hmm. Or they were big into Green Day. Uh, when, said, wake when, me when, up when September yeah 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 boo this man <laughs> look I'm a dad I have dad jokes yeah. <laughs> alright so of course it stars Sherry Moon Zombie as Baby you know reprising the role from the first two movies the legendary Bill Mosley as Otis Driftwood once again reprising the same role and, and you know him well from uh, plenty of other things including Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and and just a little bit of everything uh, horror. Um, and, of course, the late, great Sid Haig reprised his role as Captain Spaulding, although it's very brief. Now, to go to go back into that a little bit, I read an article with an interview from Rob Zombie that apparently the, the way this played was his original intent, the, the, the title of the movie is Three from Hell. So his intent was for the Three from Hell to be the three, you know, those three, uh, Baby, Otis, and Captain Spaulding. And he wrote it as such. And then it wasn't until two or three weeks before they were actually slated to start production, um, he gets a call from uh, Sid Haig that he's in the hospital. And apparently he had he had suffered, something happened, and he was actually in like a, rehab, a rehabilitation center, you know, for I guess whatever it was that had happened. And when he went to visit, Rob Zombie went to visit him there, and he saw that like, 
you know, Sid was just kind of a shell of himself, like as far as like, he'd lost a ton of weight, you know, really run down and sick and everything. So then it wasn't until then that he realized, like, oh, shit, you know, like I've wrote this whole movie with Sid in mind to, be, you know, to be through the entire movie. So then they had to, he had to literally go back, like, within, like, just a couple of weeks. And uh, he got Richard Brake to come in to play uh, the uh, the character of Winslow Foxworth Coltrane, <laughs> the Midnight Wolfman, <laughs> who is uh, Otis's brother in the movie. Um, but so apparently, like he was working on a different movie at the at the same time or something, and then he he agreed to come in. So as soon as he wrapped on that movie, he comes he came straight in and went straight to work on the role. And uh, so yeah, yeah, I believe we, if I read right, like he was in Europe doing that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was somewhere overseas. So like he he basically wrapped that up and came straight. Came straight to L.A. just to uh, to work on this, in a part that basically had to be rewritten within like two or three weeks specifically for him. Um, so that's why you see a lot of the, a lot of what you see from from what I understand, you know, reading the article and what I've read in other places. Basically, what you see of this character was supposed to be Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig. Um, so he re he reworked it to add this character in and be that part. But there's some of it in there that he didn't actually mess with too much. You know, I guess some of the dialogue and stuff would have been like, I'm guessing some of the scenes between Otis and uh, and uh, the Wolfman would have been him and, you know, Captain Spaulding and stuff, you know, is probably the way it would have played. I'd love to get my hands on the original script to read what would have been different with this movie had, uh, had Sid Haig, you know, not fell ill like he did. But I'd also read a, a different, uh, I guess, interview or article or something that said basically, like, he ba- Rob Zombie basically had to beg them to let Sid Haig even be in this movie the amount that he's in. Um, he, when 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 he realized that he wasn't going to be able to play in the movie entirely, it was something about insurance or something, right? You know, I guess all the actors and stuff have to be insured in these movies. Um, they basically wouldn't insure him to be in the entire movie. So like he had to, uh, basically, uh, beg Lionsgate or whoever, you know, that like, let me get him in here at least one day, shoot what I can with him and then let him go. So they eventually allowed him to do that. And that's what you saw. That's basically just like one day of sit on set. That's what they were able to get out of him. So at least there's that, you know, right. We did get a little bit there and, you know, they made it make sense and then you move on kind of thing. But, it's still kind of sad that he wasn't able to be in the entire thing, you know, especially when you know that for years, this, this, uh, there, there was a lot of years between the devil's rejects and this, you know, like there was a lot of time there where they could have done this and then just didn't do it. And then when they finally decided to do it, that's when Sid falls, you know, falls ill and then eventually, you know, goes downhill to his eventual death. But it's just a shame that there was all that lost time. Yeah. Yeah. It was aggravating just because, you know, like, as far as, like, an individual character in a movie, like, the Captain Spaulding character, man, is probably pretty far up there for me. I, I just... Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he was, like... He was, like, a magnet on the TV, like, when he was in that character. Uh, so, yeah. for, to me, to me, it was really disappointing, you know, to be able to, you know, like, sit here and watch this movie. And, and again, I thought it was pretty good, but... Like you, you see the 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 one short small scene of Sid, and he doesn't even sound like himself anymore. No, no yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. You could tell, yeah, he was not doing too good in that scene either. Yeah. I mean, not good, you know, not acting like just that. 
health wise, you know, you could tell that. Yeah. It wasn't a you know hundred percent. You yeah. you can tell his health wasn't great, and 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 his speech was a lot slower. You know, so it was probably taking a lot more effort to do, you know, what yeah. he was able to do there. And then that's all they were able to get. Like, because, you know, like I said, they only had him for that one day. So it, yeah. it's it's just you almost, it, with time and everything and the way it is, and it just happened the way it happened, right? There's nothing anyone can do about mm. it. But it just seems like the first movie, you didn't get a bunch of them. You got quite a bit, but you didn't get a bunch of them, if you recall, in House of a Thousand Corpses. He's probably yeah. only in that movie, what, accumul- accumulatively 10, 15 minutes of that yes, movie? That. Oh, yeah. Pretty small part, yeah. right? But he makes yeah. a huge impact in the parts that he has. So yep. much so that, like, it's way bigger in the second one, right? And he makes, he's a big portion of why The Devil's <laughs> Rejects is a lot of people's yeah. favorite, mo- favorite, one of their favorite movies, you know? And it just seems that... And you also see Bill Mosley's, I mean, Bill Mosley's a great actor. Absolutely. But you see his, his play off of, you know, the Captain Spaulding character. Yeah. You can tell, even though this movie, I think it was a great movie and everything you could, you could, then the guy that plays the Wolfman is, you know, did well with his role. You could just tell that, you know, that, that banner between the two of them would have been different. How, of course, had it been said, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also like the, the, the guy that played the Wolfman, like since he was coming in off of this other movie, like, like Mm -hmm. when he got there, like the first day of acting was like, the first day he had put any research into this, which is to say there was no research into this, this movie for him. Yeah. Well, and still considering, I, I didn't think he did too bad, too bad on the, <laughs> on the show. No, you're talking about, uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Richard break. Is that his name? Yeah. 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 yeah he, I thought he did a great job. It's just, especially considering the circumstance, even, yeah. even more impressive when you know what led up to this, right. You know, the fact that like, yeah, we just had to rework this and add you in. And this is like two or three weeks, you know, to make a whole movie. It's not not this isn't like a random episode of a show. This is a feature film, you know. <laughs> and we and, we, yeah. and, and we're on time restraints and budgets and all this stuff, and we just had to throw you under the fire like that. Um, yeah, I thought he did. I thought he did an excellent job. And like, and that's what I was getting to is, that, according to what I read, is a lot of these, a lot of the uh, the scenes that he's in were written for him that he did for uh Sid Haig that he didn't really change. You know, so it would have been interesting to see the difference there of the interaction with uh Captain Spaulding and Otis and probably some of those scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, I guarantee you that 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 scene that the scene that we'll get to shortly where he's uh Otis and him and uh, Wolfman have them have the uh warden and his uh and their wives or whatever captured in that house. Yeah. You can just lift him out and put Captain Spaulding in that and it would have been Extra fucked up, guarantee you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been really awkward with two clowns in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I don't know. I'll you know, bet you that was worked into you. What do you think? You think that there's yeah. some dialogue change there? For the yeah, fact I think that he was the, a clown. Yeah, I think he clown? added. I think he added Clint Howard in just so he could add in the line, "I hate clowns." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get. I guarantee you in the first draft that probably wasn't there. You know that little aspect of it. Or maybe yeah, it was yeah, different. Yeah. Maybe it was different, whatever. But I guarantee it wouldn't have been like that. <laughs> or maybe it was exactly like that, and that would have been the joke, right? Captain Spaulding yeah. standing right there, and he shoots him dead. I hate clowns, you know? <laughs> very, very well, very well could have been that. Either yeah. way, it could have gone either way. That yeah, way, yeah. yeah. I'll also say in this, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, man, she she really plays like a, a crazy person in this mm-hmm. movie really well. Yep. Yeah. She's got She's got extra shades of crazy in this one. 
yeah. yeah, even more than any of the other two. You know, yeah, the other two films. I'd say, you know, like in the, in the first one, you know, she pl- kind of played like almost childish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like in this one, man, yeah, she she plays like a. She's over the deep end. That's gone. Yeah. Baby. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's very reminiscent of. Uh, I'm blanking on the actress's name that played Mother Firefly in the second one. You know, in the Devil's Rejects. Not so much Karen mm-hmm. Black from the first one, yeah, but the lady that was in Police Academy that, yeah. that played Mother Firefly <laughs> in the second movie. She she was very reminiscent of her at times, the way she was acting, and maybe that's kind of the way they were going with it. You know, like you know, maybe she's gonna she's gotten older and and more crazy from being in prison. So now let's play it up even more. Like she's gone, she's closer to Mother Firefly now than she was Baby Firefly. You know, so let's. Let's make her yeah. a little older and a little crazier, cause, yeah. they, and they even made sure to comment on it. Like Otis is like, man, I don't know, something's changed. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's wacky. Is what I think is what she. Is. Yeah, man, for Otis to say that, you know, something's really fucked yeah, up. Yeah, man, she's wacky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. but I, I, I definitely think this movie capitalizes kind of like on the old uh, Charlie Manson, you know, oh, like, yeah. like crazy people of like the what, what was that like seventies? Yeah, yeah, the followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really picks up on like the, uh, and I read this in an article, just like the uh, the media sensationalism mm-hmm. of killers. Oh yeah, yeah. And talking about like how like when 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 Manson got caught, that dude was the most popular person on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Manson. I mean, hell, there was already movies and everything coming, or you know, in the plans back then, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't take too long before they got that to. Fruition. Manson and the Manson and the family books. is clearly an uh, uh, is clearly an influence on this whole concept. Oh, absolutely. And and and, and oh, even yeah. in this yeah. one in particular, somewhat the Ted Bundy stuff. You know how he, there were women that still loved that dude, even though mm-hmm. you know it was pretty plain for everyone to see that this dude had done some heinous shit. You know, but mm-hmm. still there were there were hundreds, if not thousands, of people that still thought he was a handsome, nice guy. You know. <laughs> well, there was the one he married someone. Later, in yeah. while he was in jail, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's that whole I don't know what you call that 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 uh almost like groupies, serial killer groupies, just yeah, about. yeah, like the women that follow you know, that follow them closely and send letters to them and do all that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's ton- there's tons of other actors, I mean, recognizable actors in this. I, mean, I think it's another good cast by Rob Zombie. I mean, he's done really well in these movies, casting wise. I think in if for, if 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 nothing other than that in these movies, I think he always nails the casting in these movies. Um, oh yeah, the warden 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 Virgil Harper is played by Jeff Daniel Phillips. You would probably mostly know well. He was in another Rob Zombie movie, The Lords of Salem. Um, he's also been in the uh, HBO series Westworld recently. He was in that Fox series The Gifted that was kind of like uh, the X Men. Uh, it was like an X Men TV show basically. Um, Tons of other stuff. I mean, most recently, Satanic Panic. And that was one of those uh, Fangoria release movies. So he, he's been in uh, a lot of cult type stuff and horror. You know, so he's been around. He's recognizable. Uh, like we already said, uh, Winslow Foxworth Coltrane, the, uh, the Midnight Wolfman, is played by Richard Brake. Um, he was in that movie, uh, that video game movie Doom, back in 05. <laughs> I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in. Uh, uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service. He was in another Rob Zombie movie called 31, which I'm sure we'll get around to eventually here. Hannibal Rising, The Dare, Sanctuary. I guess he was a voice or something in a, in a Walking Dead video game. 
uh, just, tons of stuff, you know, all uh, going all the way back to uh, the early early to mid '90s. You know, so he's been around a while. Uh, the, the guy that ran ran the uh, the Mexican whorehouse, whatever the hell that was, that they you know toward the end of the movie. Carlos mm-hmm. Perro, yeah. that's Richard Edson. It says here he's mostly known for Strange Days, <laughs> the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess he had a small role. Oh, yeah, he was the garage attendant in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, okay. and dude, Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I think, is, is he one of the dudes that took off with the car or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I was like, his face when i saw him in there this guy is like familiar and i cannot place it but now yep that was it yeah uh he was <laughs> yeah, in, one of the guys the parking guys that takes off the car he was in do the right thing i mean he's been in tons of stuff going all the way back to the mid 80s a bunch of tv shows and random random 80s movies desperately seeking susan howard the duck platoon good morning vietnam um do the right thing like i said i mean you know t- even that uh he, he was even in an episode of that uh anthology series monsters so i mean he's done a little bit of everything he's been around it also had the the little uh the dwarf guy sebastian that's poncho Molaire. um so apparently he's been in a, a handful of uh horror things and uh he was also in rob zombies 31 so there's another connection there but he's been in this movie uh recently called candy corn uh something called american fright fest handful of other things that i'm sure that we'll eventually get around to for sure episode of ray donovan so yeah he, he's been out there uh, horror icon, or I should say movie icon, really, Dee Wallace. You remember yeah. her most from, uh, she was the mom in E.T. Um, but she was also the mom in Critters, which we've already talked about. And uh, Cujo, The Howling, Who's I mean, that? you know, the list goes on and on with her. Yeah. She was uh, Greta, the uh, the guard in the prison that uh, had uh, those two chicks come in and like try to beat the shit out of Baby, and then Baby ended up killing them. That guard with the glasses, that's her. I say that because she might have been a little bit, little unrecognizable, and this this character is definitely out of character for her. This isn't the kind mm-hmm. of role she normally plays, right? So it might throw you a little bit, but that's her. Clint Howard, who plays the clown, Mr. Baggy Britches. <laughs> Clint, <laughs> Clint Howard, now he, he's, uh, he's, he's, not, he's famous for himself, obviously, for being like, the character actor and everything, yeah, Ron from, Howard's yeah, brother yeah, too. yeah. And, but he's Ron Howard's <laughs> brother, so I mean, but he's been in everything, man. I mean, he's been in a ton of yeah. movies. According to IMDb, he's he's got 253 acting credits <laughs> that literally go all the way back to 1963. So I mean, and, and uh, we got to get around to one of my personal favorites of his uh, at some point soon. Evil Speak. That's a fun one. <laughs> Or we could just watch the five episodes of the Andy Griffith show that he was on. That, yeah. uh, there you go. <laughs> One or the other, same thing. Or what was that award that he won with uh, MTV, where like they did it as a joke? Yeah, and then he took it extremely serious, and everybody felt bad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that, but I don't remember the award. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, but I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was like best, uh, you know, second dude from the left, or best character actor kind of award or something. Like you said, meant kind of as a joke, but he took it serious, and oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, of people that you would recognize, Matthew Willig is a creep. I mean, you've seen him in other things. The guy, uh, Sean Whalen as Burt Willie, he's the guy that Baby Kills, like, uh, is dressed up uh, going to a Halloween party or whatever. He wants oh. to have a Halloween party next to the soda machine out at the hotel they're hanging out in. 
that guy. I yeah. mean, you've seen him in tons of things. Hey, sorry to interrupt again. It looks like the they had some revisionist history. I'm guessing because uh, the MTV award that he won in 1998 was called an MTV uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. I don't <laughs> think that's what it was called back then. <laughs> I do recall the same story though, so I don't know exactly what the what the setup was there, but it was meant as a joke, whatever the hell it was supposed to be. It was meant yeah. kind of in a joking way, and then they realized that like he was taking it serious, and it actually meant something to him, and then they all felt bad, and then <laughs> which is funny and sad at the same time. But I guess uh, that's really about all I had for uh, you know for some of the background and stuff. Is there anything else you guys saw or wanted to talk about before we get into it? Oh, if I remember correctly, the, the same weekend that that he passed or the, he passed like on a Monday or a Tuesday one week. When did that weekend he's supposed to be in Charlotte? Yeah. Cause I was at that yeah. convention uh, and a... they had a chair there for him with like a whole bunch of like, a uh, like people had left things there, like flowers and things and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. I, was, I think it was, was like a week. Or, I, I think it was within a week. Yeah. I think it was like a week or so later, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, yeah. Uh, or, yeah sometime later. I forget. I mean, but he was supposed to be at that convention. I forget yeah, exactly that what was time the, frame was. That was the uh, Days of the Dead here in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. I know from experience, like, you know, basically, you can sign up for this free offer. You get to choose, like, they give you a credit, and you can choose any book you want. And even if you decide, like, Audible's not for me, you can uh, cancel it, but you get to keep that one free book. So, you know, if for no other reason... uh and getting a free book, it's worth checking it out. And who knows, you might like it and you might stick around. Um, Will, have you been listening to anything on Audible lately? You know, anything you've enjoyed? Yeah, uh, actually, you know, since we did our uh, our top horror movies uh, back around uh, Halloween, I decided to uh, get The Shining on audiobook. And that was the first time I'd listened to that. So it, it, was, it was amazing. So I went ahead and bought... Uh, 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 Dr. Sleep, and mm. I'm about to start digging in on that right now. But uh, yeah, so this will be like the, I guess, the third and fourth Stephen King books that I've done now. I don't know if, if any of you guys have heard of him, but he's he's got a future. <laughs> really? He's got a future in, oh, in cool. writing horror. I'll have to check out this little, uh, what was his name again? Stephen King. Oh, well, I'll have to check him out. You know, all jokes aside, like Larry King? <laughs> he's the cousin of Burger King. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, all, all jokes aside, like uh, you know, now that you've uh, you know read The Shining, now you need to go back and and I know you uh, love The Shining. I mean, most everybody has, you know, Stanley Kubrick Shining. Now you need to go back with a different set, a different view, and watch that movie again, and then. Maybe we'll have a little small conversation about that on the next episode because <laughs> it, it definitely Sounds gives you, me. it definitely gives you a different perspective on uh, the movie once you've read that book yeah. and and some of Stephen King's opinions on the matter um, afterwards. So so yeah, so to download your free audio book today, go to audibletrial.com/spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com/spookshow for your free audio book. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream candy lemonade too. And there's a hot dog waiting for you. The popcorn's popping and it's ready to go. You know all the great food is still in the show. Get up out your seat and get your-
yourself a tasty treat down at the Snap Alright, so I guess with that, guys, we'll uh, go ahead and get into the old blow-by-blow of the movie. You know, and, and like th- this movie is a little bit uh, the way I see it, it's a little bit different. You know, maybe we'll approach this a little differently than we normally do. You know, we'll, we'll still go down the line in, in order here, but maybe we'll stop and talk about what we thought about this, that, and the other thing along the way. Um, mm-hmm. So the film uh, starts with basically it's at the very beginning. It's the end of Devil's Rejects, right? Like you're seeing that scene again where they're they're driving down. You're not seeing it like basically like you did it the exact the exact same way at the end of the movie, but you're seeing them driving down the road toward the cops, and you see them getting shot up and everything, and then it immediately goes to like a, a collage of like news reports and stuff that are kind of spliced together from over the years of uh, somehow they miraculously survived this the hail of bullets yeah, yeah like all i think they all <laughs> i think they said they all got shot over 20 times <laughs> but yet they all still somehow miraculously <laughs> survived this yeah it's funny because i remember talking to bill mosley at a convention before actually it was that convention i got him to do the audio blurb uh-huh. for us you know yeah for the show and uh because <laughs> i was asking about it, I go, so i mean i knew he wasn't gonna tell me exactly so so how do you how do y'all survive this you know he goes well it you know i don't know if he knew exactly at this point in time what all the gist of that was, but, but, uh, <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's plausible, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it comes out I'm like, oh yeah, he shot two times. plausible. Yeah. It could happen. <laughs> but in reality, but, you they know, don't really there's been stranger things and more ridiculous things as far as the, the history of horror goes, you know? For, oh yeah. Yeah. For, for people to return. Yeah. It's <laughs> not like, it's not like he's in the grave and then they stick a pole in there and lightning hits it and he comes out. I know. And, and lightning and, strikes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not, it's not anything like goofy like that. <laughs> uh, whatever movie would possibly do that. But, uh, no, but, yeah. sounds like a sounds like a cool plot. I need to yeah, maybe yeah, try I'm that sure, one sometime. Sure it was real cool. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and but in reality, though, they never really explain how this happens. It's just like, well, you know, this is what happened, and they all they all pulled through, and they're calling them the three from hell. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's really no explanation needed. I guess just 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 yeah, realize that I, they survived and just get over it, move on. You know, <laughs> it's the only way they could do it, unless that whole unless you know unless he did the Dallas thing and made that whole ending scene a dream sequence of somebody you know <laughs> yeah oh god no it's like the, uh bob newhart you know where he at the end of at the end of the newhart show he wakes up and he's in bed with his wife from the original newhart show and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the whole show was a dream what the it was just cat spalding wakes up and he's you know that the girl's laying on top of him again from yeah. double rejects and yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome it's like Everything that happened from that time that he <laughs> he's laying in bed to to this movie has all been a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been cool, right? No, yeah. That one. Well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> we could live that all again. It wouldn't be too bad, I guess. But I thought this whole thing was pretty cool, though. Like, not only the way they they put this together, like you know that they they managed to do all the exposition like through these news reports, but then there's like a whole passage of time, right? Like you know, it's like yeah. Because I think it's basically 10 years, right? Like from 1978 to 1988. I think 88 is when the current, this movie kind of picks up from that point. And then this is also where they explain um, that Captain Spaulding, Captain Sid Haig appears, Captain Spaulding has like a speech, you know, where uh, he's getting interviewed in this prison cell and um, he's kind of talking shit to the reporter or whatever. And then uh, they do like the breaking news that Captain Spaulding has been executed. So that's basically mm. how they were able to. Yeah, he survived this. He lived for X amount of years in prison, and then just uh, was finally executed. So that's how he's written off. What did y'all think of that? Like, did you think it was a proper end 
for his character? I mean, obviously you'd like to have seen more, right? But health-wise, do you think this is probably about as well of a way to get him out of this as they could have done, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you always, you know, you want to see more, of course. Yeah. But, but I think yeah, for considering what he's going through at the time and his condition at the time was deteriorating and everything, that I think it probably was the best that they could. At least they were able to, he was able to do it, you know. Because mm-hmm. it could have been... He could have just not been not been able to do it at all, and then they just would have had to not even have that scene in there, and they just would have had to say he was executed, and he wouldn't even have anything in the movie. So, I, I appreciate the fact that they, they were able, he's able to do that, and at least you know, there's that. So, or you just yeah, want I more, mean, you know, you know, you're not even gonna get it, but I mean, it's, in, in movies, in movies like this where you know, like people, you know, are in bad health or have passed, and you, you know, the movie comes out after they passed. Yeah, that's usually the you, case. Yeah, yeah you, you can't help but be taken out of the film, like when this person pops up, you know, in their scenes. So I think, you know, to, to throw him in, I think it was the right amount for what he was able to do, and it also didn't, side, you know, derail the movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, it's probably, about, especially with the time that they had to deal with this, you know, like, you're literally talking about like two or three weeks here. Like, you know, shit, he's he's not going to be able to be in this thing. We need to rewrite it, put a new completely different character in there to basically take that role. But we also still need to figure out a way to uh, gracefully have him exit. You know, yeah. and it makes somewhat of sense in this, you know, this world that we've created. So I think I think with that he he did a great job, you know, it was about as good as you could in under these circumstances. It's still disappointing, you know, that he wasn't able to be in it more, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. And considering yeah. how bad a health he was in, there was uh, that one, like, throwaway shot where, like, I guess he's, like, walking to go do the interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that was somebody else because it looked like he was in perfect health. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I mean, because everything where you actually saw him talking, you know, he's just sitting there, you know. just Yeah, yeah. yeah. and in that scene, all you see is his back and his head, which is still... From what I remember, you know, it, it wouldn't have been painted, but yeah, uh, it, it was just him like walking in there, and it looked like he was in perfect health. Even that brief little snippet a little bit later on, where like uh, Otis and Baby are kind of having this like "you miss him, don't you?" kind of moment. Remember when they're like in the motel room, and then they flash mm-hmm. back, and that's clearly just some footage from the Devil's Rejects, you know. Of, uh, yeah, they weren't able to get anything more recent than that, which you know it worked for what they were doing there, but. You know, they did have a little nod to him in the middle there, like, you know, uh, he had a good run. <laughs> was Otis's <laughs> way of explaining. Uh, he had a good run. I mean, what do you do? You know, <laughs> but so that's, I thought they did a pretty well job. But I think the whole opening, that whole opening five or ten minutes there with the, the news and everything, I thought that was really well done. You know, it was kind of a way to, like, quickly bring you up to speed. All right, this is how they're still alive. We're not going to go deep into how it happened. Just, you know, somehow they miraculously lived. Now let's show Captain Spaulding. You see his last moments. They executed him, and now we're moving on to current day. Then they do like this. Uh, this is the last footage uh, of the day that Otis uh, broke out. Like, what what news station or documentary would show this stuff, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's cool and everything the way they did it, but like, what what uh, news organization in this world would show this footage the way they did? You know, like, this, oh yeah, yeah. This is the last known footage, and then it's just him and the Midnight Wolfman just. Killing all the, I guess, killing all the other prisoners and the prison guards and everything. And uh, this is also where you get the little snippet of Danny Trejo and uh, reprising oh, his yeah. reprising his role from uh, the Devil's Rejects. 
which I'm blanking on the, uh, what the name of the character was right away. But yeah, it's it's very brief. It was the bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, the bounty hunter from the Devil's Rejects, where he was. It was him and DDP or whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, what are the, what are the odds too though that they not only do they end up in uh, in the same prison, I guess, but like in the same like uh, prison work wagon detail, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say like i rem- uh i remember you motherfucker and uh he's like he looks at him and says, i don't remember you he says, oh you will motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i think I, I think uh the the thing not to be lost here is that uh and maybe it's because sid haig's not able to be in this one that much um bill mosley and uh sherry moon zombie really up their game for this oh, one, yeah. in my opinion oh, yeah. they're just as strong as ever in their parts Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah, his name Rondo or something like that. Rondo, yeah, that was his name. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah Rondo. Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, like that's what you see in this footage is like that little interchange or or exchange, and then uh, Midnight Wolfman shows up to break Otis out, and then like he executes uh, Rondo right there, like in front of the camera, just pow, just shoots him right in the head, like right in front of the camera. And then you cut to Baby having a parole hearing, and this is where you see like she's clearly, <laughs> she's clearly off her fucking rocker now, you know, like. <laughs> These ten years in prison have not been good for her for her <laughs> psyche. Um, and it, it just seemed too okay, like we had talked about the Charles Manson references earlier and everything. I couldn't help but think of how many times Manson had been up for parole. I mean, he was up for parole a lot of times while he was in jail. And just you know, they, what? How could that conversation have gone between him and the parole officer? Yeah, you know? of course they're not going to let him out. Um, yeah, but I, you know, something like this scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it played out exactly like this. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. with the way Manson was, he was probably so bold as to say, look, if you let me out of here, it's going to happen again. Because that's just the kind yeah. of dude uh, he was. You know? yeah. so he, he probably didn't yeah. even, he he probably made no bones try. about it. You oh, know? No, I'm sure he didn't try to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I am the Lord and Savior, and I'll kill everyone if you let me out of here. <laughs> well, parole denied, you know. <laughs> <laughs> see you again in a few years. <laughs> yeah, see you in 10, asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this whole scene about her parole hearing, and of course it's denied. And then, uh... Otis and uh, Wolfman are out in the woods, and then like these these crazy like gun toting rednecks come up and, like, "Hey, we got them!" And then and then uh, Otis walks up behind uh, the uh, he's got Wolfman right, and then like Otis walks up behind the other guy and just blows his brains out, and the yes. you know the blood spatters on the wife's face and everything. And then Wolfman's like he's bitching because he's got a piece of skull in his eye. That whole scene. <laughs> Uh, and then of course he, they, 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 they kill the wife, but like, you don't see it happen, but then it just cuts to her strapped up to a tree and like, he's done skinned her. He's like skinned her face off and then hung it up on a tree in front of her. With her knife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once again, you can see Otis is still in a beautiful form here as we, uh, get reintroduced. Um, so this is when you see D Wallace's character, Greta, she's the prison guard. She goes down and takes baby to get the shit beat out of her by these two, or I guess basically the killer, right? These two other big uh, uh, prison ladies, you know, they're down in this, uh, the the bottom of the prison or something, you know, down in the bowels of the prison somewhere. She takes her down in there and locks her up with them, and then she comes back and says, well, that ought to do it, because, you know, you hear the fight, and she comes back and babies killed them both and, like, carved her name into one of their foreheads. So, yeah, once again, like you said, you know, like we said, she's crazy as shit. Then you cut to uh, Otis and the Wolfman. Now they've made it to the war- the warden's house, and they've taken uh, – who's the other guy, with the black guy that's with him, with the warden when they come in? Is that like his uh, second-in-command or something like that, or is he the police chief? I never did quite grasp what he was, but he was something important, too. Yeah. yeah. 
second in command, police chief, something like that. He he's clearly got a role, you know, big role too. But they've got, I guess, they were going to have like a birthday party, and Otis and Wolfman have busted in, and they've taken them all hostage, and basically told them like, I, you know, we're going to fuck you up if you don't, Warden. We're going to fuck you and your family up here if if you don't go get baby out of prison. Oh, and then there was one especially fucked up part where uh, the Wolfman grabs a hold of the lady's ashes, her mom's ashes, and then just starts like playing with them, like <laughs> dips them down and starts throwing the ashes everywhere and shit. And she's just like, oh, you motherfucker, you know. Then that's when uh, Clint Howard's character, Mr. Baggy Britches, the clown, shows up. <laughs> and uh, he basically tells him, like, uh, they take him hostage too. And he's like, all right, if you don't make us laugh, I'm going to kill you. So he does this lame ass little clown routine and you know, they don't laugh. And then Otis is pointing the gun at him. Literally everybody in there is crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then Otis is like, All right, well, you had your chance, buddy, and he points the gun at him and then he pisses himself and then Otis laughs. Uh so he's like, Ah shit, you know, like uh he, he went and made me laugh, damn it, you know. Oh, so you're gonna, hey, let, you me gonna go? let me go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Pow, just shoots him right in the head, kills him anyways. <laughs> Straight to clown heaven. Yeah. <laughs> He says, damn, I hate clowns. And that's that's basically this whole, I think this whole scene is, you know, set up for that because of Captain Spaulding, right? So then uh, the warden goes to free baby. He manages to get her out of there. Um, or he, he goes to get her out, brings her into the room, and then Greta comes in like because she's suspicious of the whole thing. Then baby jumps her and kills her. Uh, and, and then the warden takes off with her and then brings brings baby back to his house. And then, like, of course, as soon as Baby comes back, they just commence to slaughter them all, which was a pretty fucked up scene, right? Like, you know, just the whole thing. Um, baby chasing uh, the one, the one, one of the wives. She, she's just straight up naked. She manages to get out of the house. She's running down the street naked. Baby chases her, and then she just stabs her multiple times. And then there's, like, this old lady sitting in, like, a... a uh, like, getting a tan out in the front yard or something, and she just waves at her, and she waves back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'd be waving at you if I just witnessed you like chase someone down and stab them in cold blood in the middle of the day. I wouldn't say hey. So yeah, they ki- they kill the warden and and the ladies and the guy. You know, shoot, they're all dead now. So now moving on, they're they're on the run, and uh, they're at this uh, they're at this sleaze bag motel, which I didn't even catch the name of it. I don't even know if it had a name, but regardless, uh, <laughs> then then there's this whole. This is another scene where I wonder whether this was for uh, Sid Haig or not. You know, Sid. whether this was for Captain Spaulding or not, because Wolfman has this whole idea about them going into porno, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it'd be called the Salami Man. <laughs> yeah. He's a door-to-door yeah, salami man. Like it would have been something. He yeah, said. yeah, like <laughs> it's that's that was one of those ones where I was like, man, this had to have been written for him, and they just changed it up, right? Yeah. He's a door-to-door salami salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Can I see your meat? <laughs> uh, did you notice also while they're sitting there and they got the TV going, Dr. Wolfenstein's Creature Feature Show is on the TV yeah. all the way back from yeah. the first movie? Like, <laughs> It's kind of cool that like 10, what, 10, 15 years later, this is still on the air, right? <laughs> yeah. So then Baby comes back and suggests that they should just go to Mexico. And then she got, uh, I guess they kind of agree to this. And then, uh, she goes out to get a soda from, from, uh, the, the drink machine. And then she meets some dude. And, uh, I guess, no, I guess that's where she got the idea for Mexico. Cause the guy's wearing like a sombrero and a, and a cheap ass little, uh, mustache and everything. 
And uh, she ends up killing the dude and then comes back and then suggests they go to Mexico. And like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So then they, it, uh, they, they take the little road trip and then they end up in this small little uh, Mexican village somewhere in uh, Shithook, Mexico down there somewhere. And uh, I mean, it's complete fucking ass dump, you know, trash in the streets, people laying around drunk and pissing themselves. You know, it's just a shithole, right? So then they go into this, uh, this, little, ho- this little hotel or hacienda or whatever the hell it is there in the little village. And the uh, the guy Carlos is there, and uh, he owns the place. And he, he's pretty fu- he's pretty funny, like the way he talks and everything, right? He's kind of like a fast talker, double talking kind of dude. But he's he's constantly mumbling shit under his voice and stuff. Um, I thought it was a pretty funny character. But uh, he owns the place, and then like, and then immediately, like uh, as soon as he sets them up with a room, he goes over and uh, uh, sells them out to uh, somebody on the phone. It turns out it's a uh, Danny Trejo's character, Rondo, it's his son, who's still, like, standing there mourning his dad, you know, the fact that he's dead. He calls him and says, yeah, the dudes, uh, the three the three assholes that killed your dad, they just showed up here nonchalantly. So they're here. He's like, yeah, keep them there. I'm, you know, we're coming. Um, so then there's this whole scene about, like, them having, uh, out partying in this, you know, little Mexican village and baby uh, wins this knife-throwing contest with a couple of the villagers there. Um, just random, you know, kind of just seeing them doing this random shit for a while, you know, just acting like assholes and getting drunk and having sex with hookers and everything. And then, <laughs> and then the next day they wake up and uh, Otis is in there with whores. Or they all? I bet. I guess they're all in there with whores, right? Except Baby, she's in there with the uh, the dwarf guy or whatever. Uh, Seba- that his oh, yeah. his name turns yeah. out to be Sebastian. She's just hanging out with him and kind of like having breakfast and talking. And then this is when. Uh, uh, Rondo's son's uh, group arrives. They're called the Black Satans. They arrive to, uh, you know, come fuck them up. In luchador masks. Which yeah, yeah, they're nice all thing. a bunch of dudes in suits <laughs> and luchador masks. Um, so then uh, one of them busts in, and they gun down the whores that uh, Otis is in there with, and he manages to roll away. And then it, it shows a few of them come in for baby, and she manages to, like, kill a few of them with bow and arrow. <laughs> and she's got, like, an Indian chief's <laughs> headdress on. Yeah. yeah. Um, she took, I forget, where did she take that from? She took it from somewhere. Uh, it was from the, the warden. warden. Yeah, it was from yeah, the warden's right. house. Yeah, warden's yeah. House. yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's got that on with a bow and arrow, and she ki- managed to kill a few of them. And then Otis eventually finds uh, Carlos, you know, the guy that owns the uh, the brothel there or whatever, he eventually finds him and says he's going to let him go, and then and of course immediately kills him for ratting him out. <laughs> the fucking rat, and then just gets out of the car, you know. Because I knew you'd see it my way, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, talk to, I knew, I knew you'd see it my see way, my man. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, eventually, like Sebastian, he's running around trying to help them, you know, with the Black Satans in town. So he's kind of helping out Baby and Otis and everything. And then as he's helping uh, Baby, he gets shot. And then they uh, they manage to capture uh, Baby and the Midnight Wolfman, and they've got him tied up like in the town square on a fountain or something like that. Then Otis comes in and, and straight up has a machete fight <laughs> with one of the big Black Satan dudes. <laughs> During this, Sebastian comes up and even though he's been shot, he manages to come and help him untie him, untie Baby and a uh, Wolfman, and then and then he's shot again and then finally killed. Uh, then basically they're able to get the upper hand. They beat the uh, the leader of the gang, which I, I don't ever I, I don't remember ever hearing his name. I think it's Carlos. I guess is, was his name. I think. Um, but so they eventually defeat Carlos, and then they like tie him up, put him in one of the caskets that he had sent in for them. Right, there was three caskets there mm. for all three of them. Mm-hmm. They put him in one of the caskets, 
and uh, then Otis just throws some gas on him, and they light his ass up, then walk away. The end. <laughs> <laughs> they light him. They light him up from his feet. Yeah. So you can like live through a good oh, portion yeah, like, of it. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, still <laughs> fucked up. You know, to be burned alive in a casket like that still was pretty fucked up. But uh, so yeah, there you go. That's that is the three from hell. So uh, it's a it's a fast hour and fifty five minutes. I mean, yeah, yeah, it I, might be the fastest hour and fifty five minutes I've ever. Like I said, I, I literally didn't even realize it until you mentioned it before we were doing this podcast. It was an hour and 55 minutes. That just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, it felt yeah. like it went by like an hour and a half at, at most. And yeah. <laughs> pacing was perfect. It was. It was. I mean, it flew. And like I said, it felt like two different movies to me. It's like you got the stuff with mm-hmm. them in the prison and, and, and getting getting baby out and all that stuff uh, leading up to uh, them at that dingy motel when they decide to go to Mexico. And then there's the whole Mexican part of the movie. So it's. It's almost yeah. It's almost split down the middle, like almost two completely different. It's like watching two yeah. episodes of a Three from Hell TV show that they <laughs> smashed together and made a movie, you know. But it works, you know, and it's fast paced. So. Yeah, and it, it looks really good when they get to Mexico. I don't. Did, well, I mean, I don't know. Did you, the whole thing was shot in L.A. though, right? Too. Yeah. Or yeah. did they, they didn't actually go to Mexico, right? No, like from what I Those read, the entire thing was they shot used in LA. were like yeah, they did a good job with it with that aspect when they got to Mexico too, just the, the color, the, the color palette and everything of those rooms and everything they were in really like popped in them, you know, for the cinematography and the lighting of it and everything, I guess. Yeah. I think they did a good job technically with those scenes. All right. So with that, we'll give our star ratings. Will, what, where are you at on this one? Uh, I'm going to sit on four on this one. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it, I, I think, you know, like watching this, you know, you can definitely see the progression of Rob Zombie becoming like a legit director. Uh, I thought the movie was pretty good overall. So four. Smoke, where are you at? Uh, yeah, I, I, it, as I said in the beginning, it sort of took me by surprise there. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was just with all the, you know, history of what was going on with the movie, having to rewrite and, and due to Sid Haig and everything is, is passing. It's just, I just didn't expect it to be as good as what it turned out to be. So. Uh, and I, I'm going with a three and a half for me. Uh, myself, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to stick with you, Smoke, and I'm going to go with three and a half. I gave uh, Devil's Rejects four stars. Actually, I'm, I, I'll just go ahead, I'll cheat and go ahead and tell you, we all four. I can't remember what. Uh, yeah, we all, oh, four, yeah, all, all four of us gave yeah. the Devil's Rejects four stars. And I'll go all the way back to uh, when we did House of a Thousand Corpses on episode eight. Will, you gave mm-hmm. that one three and a half stars. So did I. And Smoke, you gave that three stars. So okay. it's kind of based on that scale, and, and I say that just to kind of you know for this, I'm, I think I'm not going to say this is as good as Devil's Rejects. I, I didn't quite enjoy it quite as much, but it's right below it. So I'm going to go with three and a half. I think that's fair with this. I really enjoy it though. I think they, he did the best he could, you know, having to change things in the last minute there to kind of you know st- make it still flow and make it make sense and everything. Um, I think everybody that was in it did a fantastic job. Um, Still a little sobering to, you know, see uh, Sid Haig that way at the end. But, you know, it was what it was. At least we got him a little bit, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with three and a half. I think he did a great job on this one. And like Will said, you can definitely see that Rob Zombie is just getting better at what he does. You know, now that he has a handful of movies under his belt, he's definitely getting better at the craft. So Um, I definitely enjoyed it more than 31. I know we'll get around to doing that movie sometime, but that one, you know. Definitely not. I'm not a favorite Rob Zombie movie for me. I still <laughs> haven't. I, I, I still haven't seen Thirty One or mm-hmm. 
with the Lords of Salem. I, I, basically, oh, the only um, ones. Lords of Salem, I will say, for me personally, it's, I think it's a very underrated movie. A lot of people don't like that movie at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's personally an underrated Rob Zombie movie for me. Yeah, I, mean, I think the yeah. only Rob Zombie movies I've seen are like these three, of course, and then uh, the two Halloween movies that he made. I think that's the only ones I've I actually haven't seen the watch. second one of that one. Yeah. I don't know, somebody, the second Halloween movie I, I just haven't got around to because I, I'd heard it. A lot of people just said it was. It was disappointing, and I just—I guess I haven't made the effort to see it yet. Well, maybe we'll make an effort just to like kind of go out of our way and watch those his yeah. Halloween movies soon that's because <laughs> that one's interesting. The second one, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, that's all. And we could do a double header or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smash together and do. Yeah, one you're stuff. right. That, that's probably the way we should play that one. Just watch those two and then just uh, talk about them. All right, so I guess that's it for this episode. Now for the next episode, we're gonna go back to the to the 90s we haven't done a lot of 90s movies on here for whatever reason like a lot of them we just kind of skip around from the 80s to more current movies so and and a couple in the 70s so um we'll make a rare appearance in the 90s here with uh 1993's leprechaun the original starring warwick davis and jennifer aniston and you know uh kennel lant and a handful of others um the imdb synopsis for this movie is an evil sadistic leprechaun goes on a killing rampage in search of his beloved pot of gold. So that's that sums it up nicely for you there. So go ahead and uh, plug in your uh, VHS, your DVD, your uh, streaming service, wherever the hell. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. We'll try to hunt that down and put it up on the socials. Um, but, yeah, go ahead and plug it in and watch 1993's Leprechaun. Uh, to Get, get yourself a, a bowl of Lucky Charms. All that yep, good stuff. so we can celebrate St. Patty's Day together. Watching the Leprechaun. Yeah. Looks like you have a subscription to Hulu. Okay, well, there you go. And I'm sure if we find it any other places, we'll put that up. So, yeah, so there you go. So go ahead and watch that and be ready for the uh, episode 26, Leprechaun. So uh, is that it, guys? Are we we good for today? I think that's it. Yep, yep. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed uh, the Firefly trilogy. You know, this episode, Three from Hell, from Rob Zombie. And uh, they're, they're all definitely rec- uh, highly recommended from us and some of our favorites. So, uh Be sure to watch Leprechaun and be ready for the next episode, guys. So for Will and for Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. Later on. Be sure it's true when you say I love you. It's a sin to tell a lie. Now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.